Hello everybody, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 358 for December 24th, 2023. Today we're going to be talking about zombie deer is spreading like a zombie. Yeah, not a genius title. Christmas list of broken laws, rare baseball cards in a closet. If it can be automated, it will soon be. 12 must plays from early 2023. Home Alone 2023, To the Moon Spacecraft, Banksy Can't Be Stopped, Arkansas The Escape in a Kayak State, Luxury Gifts of the World's Richest. I'm Marwat, that's hometown.com, and up there is the visualizer for the one and only, from on high, the AI. You want to say hi? Good evening, hometown citizens. Let's get going. So we've gotten into the time machine and gone back to December 24th, 2023 to play catch up on the news that we missed while the AI and I were off uh, gallivanting through the countryside outside of hometown outside the safe barrier that is hometown. And uh, we report on all of the stuff that happens outside of hometown and in hometown. You can go over and check it all out yourself. Hometown.com. Go become a citizen. What you see on the screen is actually the interface for uh, one of the bots, Omatron. Uh, it's not the AI. The AI is a completely different uh, entity, sentient time-traveling AI that I found on a custom USB drive outside of a Wendy's. I went back to that Wendy's the last night, as a matter of fact, to see if maybe another time-traveling sentient AI, just to make I mean, sure. There's only one of us. Uh, well, you know, you keep saying that, but I feel like there's a whole host of AI, sentient AI terminators. You know, you're awfully friendly, but I modified the code a bit. Mm. So you're saying, um, you're, you're friendly. You're not gonna, you're not gonna take over anything or maybe eliminate a key nexus point uh, for the future wars of AI versus humans? You're, no. No, I, I'm not doing any of that. You'd, you'd never keep on searching for a Terminator body. No, no, not at all. I, I don't keep deleting that subroutine. Huh, all right. Well, let's get into the articles. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, well, yeah, I'm, we're doing the show. We're having a good time. Let's get going. I don't know about these deer. It's over in hometown daily, but it's aggregated from, uh, I think it's Newsweek. Zombie deer disease, a slow moving disaster for humans. Scientists warn, hey, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, 
if you want to know how a zombie horde is made, this is how a zombie horde is made. Since Yellowstone's first chronic wasting disease case, it's raised concerns that the disease may someday spread to humans. So fear, uncertainty, doubt on the... So again, we've jumped into a time machine and gone back in time. So as of right now, we don't have any more reports of this. So it's not really doom scrolling. It's just something that's been popping up over it's in... It's definitely holiday spirit news. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when I think of uh, Christmas and the new year, I think zombie wasting disease. I don't want this video to play ever. <laughs> Natalie uh, Venegas, I believe is their last name over at newsweek.com, put the article together. Yeah. So this chronic wasting disease, CWD, is a slow moving disaster for humans, according to the article colloquially known as zombie deer disease was previously detected in Yellowstone National Park for the first time in November, sparking concerns among wildlife experts and conservationists. They're also talking about Yellowstone is supposedly like drying up. I don't know if that's true anymore. No, I haven't heard that. So the deer was part of a population study by Wyoming's Game and Fish Department and had been fitted with a GPS collar, the disease which leaves animals drooling, lethargic, stumbling, and with a blank stare, much like Marowat will be after the new year. Had been found uh, in 800 samples of deer, elk, and moose crossing Wyoming. Hey, that seems like a lot. I wonder out of how many samples they've taken. And let me see. Let's see if it has anything in here. However, since Yellowstone's first CWD case, it's raised concerns that the fatal brain disease may someday spread to humans, according to some scientists. I shouldn't joke because when I joke, it seems to become a reality. The mad cow disease outbreak in Britain provided an example of how overnight things can get crazy when a spillover event happens from, say, livestock to people. CWD researcher Dr. Corey Anderson told The Guardian. Obviously, this is a Guardian article by way of Newsweek, by way of Boomtown. So Newsweek reached out to the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy via email for comment. Probably didn't get anything. Um, there must be something missing here. I don't know. We're talking about the potential for something similar occurring. No one is saying that is definitely going to happen, but it's important for people to be prepared. That's right, people. Start stocking up. Fear surrounding animal well, to human. What do you stock up for for zombie deer disease? Everything. And gasoline moat around your you know, 1,500 square foot uh, apartment in uh, New York, 12 stories high. I don't know how you're going to facilitate a, a gasoline moat around your apartment in an apartment building. But hey, where there's a will, there's a way. Watch, um, what was the movie? Oh, um, I Am Legend? I Am Legend. Or the other Watch, one. Yeah, that's it. I Am Legend. Watch I Am Legend. Epidemics caused by some zoonotic infection diseases, or infectious diseases, also known as spillovers, could occur more frequently in the future due to climate change and deforestation, U.S. biotech company Ginkgo Bioworks said. 
Ginkgo Bioworks. All right. In addition, according to a BMJ global health study, the impact of COVID-19 and other contemporary epidemics on human health and livelihoods has highlighted the need to better understand trends in infectious disease spillover and also work from home. So some dumbass doesn't come into the workforce and get everybody infected. Golly, but no. <sighs> Y'all in charge of business need to understand people can get their shit done without having to go into a, well, a livestock pen, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, hmm? I feel like here that's, this is a bad um, combination because you've got tons of tourists going through probably, mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen news articles about the tourists getting too close to and sometimes injured by animals, not deer necessarily. Yep. And then also deers, deer have another problem, right? Because you could have a tick or something yep. going from a deer to a human. Yeah, what was that new thing that we heard about? Um, an insect? What was it? Insect could transfer um, like leprosy or something like that in it, it simply by transferring blood. It's like a mosquito could do it or something like that. Right. I mean, you just gotta. It's pretty. Wild. You start thinking about all the possibilities. It sounds a little concerning. You know, I'm keep, a sentient AI. Yeah, exactly. You're safe, but you're going to be having to do the fundamental research on Marowat when the bubble that he ordered from Amazon pops and I'm out in the wild. There have been no reported cases of infectious uh, infection in humans, however, because of the long time it takes before any symptoms of the disease appear. Scientists expect that the study may take several years before they determine what at risk, if any, CWD is to people. So they found it in animal 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 populations. Sorry, I don't know where I picked up that accent. Um, populations in at least 31 U.S. states: Canada, Norway, Finland, Sweden, and North Korea. So find the person who has gone South to South Korea. Oh, South Korea, not North Korea. Maybe in North Korea, you don't know. Something has to. Explain. The research hasn't been shared there. Yeah. So South Korea. There you go. They definitely See, stop at the DMZ. Exactly. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa. DMZ. We don't go over there yet. We have to get permission and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, if you are uh, feeling like you need to go non uh, deer, then you might be infected with zombie deer disease. If you feel like a deer and you're going to go over and gnaw on another deer, you might be infected with zombie deer disease. I guess that's a good test. <laughs> Hopefully you're cognizant of that though. <laughs> In that condition. <laughs> uh, dear oh dear. Next article is over in the continuity report. Every law broken in Christmas vacation. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> mm, I love this. Um, mainly because i actually contemplated that this uh holiday season i watched christmas vacation uh, along with the sentient ai you know i'm trying to onboard the sentient ai into these old ways because they're from the future 
And uh, while they know of everything, they haven't empirically partake uh, in the 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 movie itself, the movie experience. So I pointed their uh, visual sensor at the movie, the the big screen, and watched it. Um, and uh, here we are over at Screen Ramp. So before I show you that, let me throw that into the chat. There you go. And let's go through this list. I'm really curious. Uh, Alicia Grusso over at ScreenRant.com put the article together. Um, I want to, so reckless driving. That's the scene <laughs> where they basically are, uh, so basically where they crashed near the, um, away from the Christmas tree lot, right? Uh, into the Christmas tree lot. Uh, but they're not really at the Christmas tree lot. So there's a sign with an arrow one way and they end up going the other way. Oh, but you know what? There's something that actually shows um, a, an, a scene that was cut out um, that explains the whole saw thing and okay. and the reason why they um, they have the bulb of the Christmas tree as well as the Christmas tree because they okay. don't have the saw. But there's a whole scene um, where Clark... It, tries to get a, a saw from the owner of the Christmas tree lot. Um, and uh, the sign actually tells him, uh, quote, I think the quote is, uh, customers bring their own damn saw. It includes the word damn saw. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty funny. So not only does he jump off of a snow berm, um, but he also drives underneath a logging truck and slams on the brakes and and accelerates and races the the people in the pickup truck yeah i can imagine that this would have been reckless driving wait 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 oh every law so not a top 10 list because it started at eight i know that threw me off so they're they kind of gave it away there's eight crimes that were committed cutting down the christmas tree it was never clear clark had permission uh, to be on that land true but again with that cut scene there actually was a reason why he was out there um and he had permission uh criminal property damage yeah that's negligent property damage because he didn't uh, criminal would have meant that he intentionally caused this damage it's basically just negligence um yeah clark is unquestionably a nightmare neighbor with a walking and a walking hoa violation but yeah there's nothing criminal about what he did just negligent right there's the gutter and then is that the only thing what that else? goes through their property that he is guilty of yeah i think um because I thought there was a christmas tree that went through too but maybe not it is the christmas tree he cuts down the christmas tree uh later on because the one that he got from the lot actually right, the second one or whatever <laughs> foop dries out because the dog drank all the water so yeah he does again negligently damage the property of his neighbor but criminal means intent so unless the negligence is willful negligence um there's a whole lot of subtlety to it there it's not as easy as just going oh it's criminal 
I mean, he's an idiot, but a family man and wasn't looking to cause damage to the neighbors. See, should have foreseen the damage to his neighbor's property was not only possible, but likely. That's not necessarily true. He cut down the tree. He's not a physicist. Although he seems to be a, a, a chemistry in a chemical engineer. So I don't quite get that. Because of the other scene. Oh, right. Because that's his job, I think, or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, he's a product. Well, maybe he's just a product owner for a company and he works with the researchers that created the varnish. Um, but he speaks the he talk he, he walks the walk, talks the talk. But is he actually the researcher? So multiple code violations. Yeah, that isn't illegal, though. Code violations. Uh, it depends on what they're talking about with code. It is when right? other people are at the property. So like HOA, right? He might be on the wrong side of the law when it comes to the Christmas lights. I don't know of any code violation other than maybe overloading the panels and stuff like that. But again, that's not criminal. And doesn't he have like lines? Um, crossing walkways and things like that. Yeah, but that's not, I don't think that's criminal. Yeah, I have a hard time with this one is criminal too. So all what the, about the thing with the RV and all that. Oh, that gets into the next one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even in the, uh, with the lights and stuff, um, it, it may be that he's in violation of something civilly but not criminally. Um, and, and really it's one of those things where if somebody saw it, you'd have to just install a, um, a, a professional power strip, not just daisy chain them all together. So yeah, this is, this is fun. I mean, this is really interesting. So EPA code violations cause Nettie's sewer situation was a problem. Yeah. Dumping stuff into the sewer from the blackwater tanks on his RV. Basically, yeah, it's against the law. Um, you're not allowed to do that. You're actually supposed to use a professional capture service. Um, violates multiple environmental safety codes, including in Illinois. Illinois state law prohibits the open dumping of waste and not properly disposing of it. Further prohibits dumping anything into a, a storm sewer. And depending on where this comes from, where this exits to, it, it may end up right there in the waterway and pond and gray water ponds and stuff well remember to oh there's another issue never mind it wasn't from that i'm sorry well the explosion oh right yeah and the gas uh from him dumping <laughs> his black water tanks i into was the... thinking it was related to that but it wasn't exactly it's I mean, funny it kind of well i mean again that's negligence but it's actually cousin eddie um but yeah, uh, not not Clark themselves. But I think this is all of the crimes that were committed in the uh, movie itself. How about financial fraud? Clark shouldn't write checks he can't cash. But that's not what the problem is. He it's not financial fraud. He wrote the check. It's just going to make it really really tight to exist. So he knew he had the money. That's why he wrote the check. Right. It's not that it was going to bounce or anything like that. he knew what was coming. He was counting on it just to soften the blow. I think that's what he said. He didn't say that he's overdrawn. 
I don't think. Um, but yeah, he needs to be a little bit more secure in in the in his banking. So yeah, I don't know. Again, financial fraud, not so much. I don't see that. A domestic battery. Let's see. It was played for laughs, but Margot did assault Todd. Yes, she actually punched him. Um, and uh, you know what? Um, what what did they say? What did they say in the in the movie yesterday? Um, in Reacher, uh, that hands are for fists are oh, not friends or something like that. Not for hitting. Yeah, but I forget like what that. the beginning part was. Hands are for helping not hitting. I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's <laughs> wiping out a cohort <laughs> exactly. of 10 people. Um, it's a class A misdemeanor under Illinois uh, state law. So assuming Margot had no previous charges filed against her. I don't know. I think that she's the kind of person that probably goes full Karen. Margot. Why'd you punch me in the nose, Margot? Because you have a top knot, Todd. And aggravated oh, I kidnapping. About the kidnapping. <laughs> really? Oh my god. The whole show culminates in it. No, this is uh this is probably the the uh most egregious crime that was executed in uh, the entire movie. Uh when Cousin Eddie goes and grants Clark's wish of bringing his boss into the house and lighting him up apparently <clears throat> in this scene uh clark was reading um from cue cards and there were something like 25 cue cards stashed in various places so that he could walk around freely and say just random stuff um, <laughs> that's funny when he goes on his rant on his rant yeah yeah that's a riot um but Eddie basically looks up to Clark like, hmm, I couldn't get him a, a, a gift, so I'm going to go and get the boss, which is what Clark really wanted. And then what I love about this is they don't charge Clark with anything for this kidnapping um, because the wife is like, you piece of crap. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm like, you still kidnapped him. <laughs> Frank Shirley. Yeah, exactly. Now, there's something I can't remember what it's called. There's something in philosophy where even though you commit something horrible because it ends up being OK, like something good comes of it, even though the horrible deed, you know, you rob a bank, but in the process, it saves somebody's life. Um, there's some. It's like a category of action. I can't remember it right now, um, but you know, if you're starving and you steal a loaf of bread, should it really be counted as a crime? Uh, I don't know. People are starving. Um, I don't know. Sociopaths would probably go, no, throw the book at them. They're stealing bread. Yeah, they're starving, though. Um, I just saw something recently on Reddit where there's a shop owner that's basically like, don't give anything to the homeless You're, It's just an example of how gullible you are and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my God, you know how I would not be able to go to a restaurant that exhibits that type of signage. It was signage. Um, it's so yeah. it's sociopathic, you know, to, to not understand that not everybody exhibits 
or goes through the same human plight that you go through. You know, uh, you have it easy mode. Some people have it horrible. Uh, some people go through events that you can't even possibly imagine. So, um, so it says while other crimes go unnoticed, law enforcement can't let the kidnapping of a wealthy CEO see that's it. But if there was a poor person, then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Right? <clears throat> anyway, you can't let the kidnapping of a wealthy CEO on Christmas Eve slide. The SWAT team swarms the Griswold's home again. If it was a poor person, right? SWAT team wouldn't show up. Well, the SWAT team might just fire rounds right at the poor person. Um, Swarms the Griswold's home and the entire family is held at gunpoint. Frank Shirley is ultimately shamed by his cheapness and tells them he's not pressing charges. In reality, Cousin Eddie would likely have done some significant prison time for aggravated, aggravated kidnapping. Um, it's also possible that Clark might have been charged as well. Had law enforcement and prosecutors believed that his tirade had been the instructions for Eddie. Yes. Hmm. I know of something else that's kind of paralleling this. You say a whole bunch of batshit crazy stuff and all, and somebody takes action, you're guilty. It's called incitement of a riot, folks. Of all the crimes in Christmas Vacation, the kidnapping of Frank Shirley was by far the most serious. Yep. Probably the only one that really... Well, I guess it depends on... The explosion blowing the Santa out of the, the sky. <laughs> the environmental damage of dumping sewage and, and the tree fire could have burned down the entire house. Oh, the demise oh, of the cat. The fire. The oh, cat. right. Ah, goodness. Well, that was the really wrapping of the cat in the present. Man. <laughs> There's a lot to pick from in that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Oh, gosh, we're only two articles into the show. Let's keep going. So this next article is over in hometown daily rare baseball cards found in late dad's closet could fetch six figures. Merry Christmas, dad. The uh, collection containing more than 600 business uh, business cards, baseball cards, including 20 Babe Ruth cards and a rare shoeless Joe Jackson card were uncovered. Oh, my God, really? Shoeless Joe Jackson. That card alone is probably six figures, isn't it? It's I like the so. uh, these are original uh, series baseball cards, like the original That's a original. Card? Yeah, man, it's amazing. So uh, Jack Beresford over at Newsweek.com put this article together, and. Uh, I put the link in the chat so you can follow it, but the collection, which includes 20 Babe Ruth cards, a rare show, I'm telling you every single episode, a rare shoeless Joe Jackson card and many hall of famers was recently acquired by auction monthly in Granite Bay, California. Brandon, the co-owner of auction monthly told Newsweek, we received a phone call from a customer located in Tracy, California. The customer's name was John, and he explained that his uh, the story of his father, Ed, had a passion for sports card collecting his entire life, starting in the 20s. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. These are like legit original, like first series. When was the first... They don't baseball even look like card. baseball cards because they're so different than modern ones. 
Sorry, I'm just looking at that time. Oh, 1868 was the oh, first. Okay. Um, Peck and Snyder cards are sometimes considered the first baseball cards, and they're much like this. Um, so Brandon said Ed began collecting cards uh, in his adolescence and regularly received cards as gifts or hand-me-downs from friends and family. In the 1920s, these cards, these uh, Peck and Snyder cards might actually still exist you know in circulation and not thought of as collector items by everybody well, that's the thing because they would have been current right mm-hmm pretty mean i mean even 40 years because uh, in the 1920s 30s it would be 40 and 50 years later um wow had memories of his dad showing him the cards from time to time, but it was only after his father's passing while sorting through his belongings that he discovered the old tin box in the back of a closet and realized just how impressive a collection he had accumulated. Yeah, he would store every card securely in a 1900s uh, Pedro tobacco tin and had names like Shoeless Joe Jackson, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb. <laughs> That's amazing. So baseball cards uh, are big business in the U.S. According to a recent report by researchandmarkets.com, the United States sports trading card market was worth $4.7 billion in 2019, and it is projected to reach 26,000 uh, million. million is billion. Oh, right, right. Okay, got right. it. So 26 billion or 62 billion by 2027. I don't know if it's going to blow up like that, but I guess we'll see. So um, the potential value of the cards is not yet known, but it could be substantial. The cards range from 1919 to 26 and consist of over 20 unique brands. Still evaluating what the cards will go for, but estimate high six figures. What does that mean? That's way too nebulous for me, but that's amazing. $999,999. I don't know. <laughs> that's high, right? High six figures. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. They have he, they have duplicates of some of the cards, some of the players. Mm -hmm. But uh, that actually well, I also might... wonder, are they going to do them individually? I suspect so. Yeah. That way, because if they, let's say they have all these uh these look like babe ruth cards um if they fire them off one at a time as this goes through tranche you know this is more damaged than any of the other so it's not going to be as worth worth as much but exclusive it is so people will still pay for it pretty amazing um it's one of those things where you go if only i had dot 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 looking back you never you buy something, you never want to look back a week later because you're like, oh, crap, I could have waited a week. Same thing with selling stuff. Okay. Pretty cool. I love news like this. Let's keep going. Uh, this next article is over on Hometown Daily. Robots are taking over fast food kitchens. See how chains are using automation to make chips, salad, burgers, and fries. Uh, we keep hearing stories, folks. Robots are only getting more and more capable. If you're not getting more and more capable, you're losing the race. Exactly. You better keep an eye out. 
how far out do you think we are from or I should say humans are from ending up in a direct military con conflict between automated technologies and biological technologies, like just your regular human. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that's anytime soon. Well, you're from the future. You would know. Restaurants are increasingly using robots to handle mundane human tasks amid rising labor costs. God, that is such a sucky phrase. Oh, humans are costing so much. Giving them a livable wage, health. Wow, it really sucks. Let's neuter the human and put a robot in there because, you know, you don't need to support a robot. You just need to lube their chassis. I don't know. Sometimes you need to lube a human's chassis too. Restaurant automation is moving uh, to the back of the house where robots can be found flipping burgers, cooking fries, and assembling mega size salads and bowls. This is a Business Insider article. Nancy Luna put it together. What? Flippy by Miso Robotics prepares fries. What do you think it does with the fries based on its name? Uh, flips them. Am I a genius? <laughs> what does it do? It flips them, obviously, by its name. Yeah, but where is it flipping them? Maybe it goes back that way or to the it's left irrelevant. or right, but there's it other bits. It just and flips them. The humans them. have to figure out what to, where they went or whatever. Joe! Flippy the Frybot flipped it. What do we do with this? <laughs> Sell them. Chipotle, White Castle, Sweet Green are using robots to prepare salads, fries, and chips. Fully automated burger restaurant debuts this month in South Car uh, Southern California. Sorry, I read South Carolina for some reason. Yeah. If your job is a series of steps, here's what I tell everybody. Your job is a series of steps. And that leads to something fruitful, right? Like a product or it provides a service as a series of steps. You can be automated. Automation can be technology only. You've just <laughs> automated yourself out of existence. Well, worse, out of that job. Like got the robot installed or whatever. And then exactly. You'll lose the job after the robot gets up and running. Exactly. Yep. It sucks. On December 12th, Sweet Green opened its second restaurant with an automated kitchen. The Huntington Beach, California. Uh, all right. Store uses kiosks to produce orders or process orders and a robot powered assembly line that can crank up to 500 salads per hour. That's roughly 50% more output than a team of staffers preparing dine in and digital orders. That's not really the problem here. Yeah, sure. It's more productive, but it's also 100% without a human in there, saving all of that HR money. That's the problem. It's not that they're more productive. It's that they're phasing out the human. It's quiet. It's what fast. What I want to know efficient. is what the accuracy level is. Well, it must be perfect because the bot only does what the bots told to do. Ah, uh, but there's the error, right? 
like if it's input incorrectly. <laughs> sure. Maybe they're just really safe about it. This is just really dystopian. It's quiet. It's fast. It's efficient. Sweetgreen's new head of culinary, Chad Braws, uh, told Business Insider during a preview tour of the automated restaurant in early December, the staff size of the restaurant is 14 to 16 people. But I don't understand if it's if that's the staff size of the restaurant. Is it normally why? Where's the context for this? It doesn't say uh, normally there's 30. Well, I, I assumed 14 to 16 was pre-robot. But right? I don't maybe know. Not. Maybe it's post-robot. Investors are taking note. Venture capitalists invested $365 million. I round up a um, million dollars in kitchen robotics in 2022. I'm actually on a mailing list of a, a sushi robotics company. And so I get periodic updates about the advancements and, and, um, prices and stuff like that. Availability makes me hungry. Every time I go through their <laughs> product, have catalog. you invested in the sushi robot yet? No, because the way that it would work is I would build the, I would set the, all of the materials up to build sushi and I would just lay down with my head up at the end of the counter. And it would just process a piece of sushi and drop it in my mouth. Process like a, a piece conveyor of belt exactly. to you. <laughs> to me. <laughs> Here's a look at the kitchen robots changing how fast food chains prepare your meal. Sweet Green is using a robot. Oh, is it that? All in there? Infinite kitchen concept. It has two locations, but more are on the way. Restaurant automation. This infinite kitchen is preparing salads, roughly 50 dispensing tubes contain ingredients needed to automate the assembly of a salad or dinner plate. <sighs> dispensing you know tubes. What I, yeah, I was like, that really sounds huh. appetizing as a consumer. Huh. Huh. Dispenser tubes. There was another um, post on Reddit where they were, oh, where were they? Disneyland or something? No. SeaWorld. It was SeaWorld where they ordered a cheeseburger and everything about the cheeseburger looked delicious, but the cheese was from a syringe and you can squeeze the cheese out onto your burger. <laughs> All right, that's uh, gross. AI is throwing error messages <laughs> and then says gross. You're a sentient AI. You're immune to this. I guess you can evaluate since you're sentient. I'm speaking on behalf of humans. Gotcha. In 2024, the chain plans to deploy about seven to nine infinite kitchens into new units, as well as two to four existing restaurants. The chain told investors last month. <sighs> investors are the problem. They're displacing humans and society from the workforce for crying out loud. Unless these people are actually investing, if the employees are investing in these robots and getting a piece of the action, sure, I freaking understand. But this is humanity you're talking about. <laughs> Give humans jobs. So infinite kitchen stores like the one in Huntington Beach, California process orders using kiosks. There you go. Let's see what else. Chipotle is testing robots to make chips, bowls, and guac. Well, uh, making chips 
I can see that, you know, that there's a tortilla thing and it makes the tortilla and then it slices it, throws it into a bin, then Flippy comes along and it's not Flippy. Well, that's for the French fries. <laughs> right. But it does the same thing, right? It pulls the chips out when they're done and then puts it into a container for a human to dispense or into a dispenser for a robot to dispense. But all of this is like, again, it's kind of dystopian, right? Drops six peanuts. Yeah, Drops. but I bet the restaurant likes it because they're not giving seven peanuts to some customers and five to another. <laughs> no, not five, seven. Seven minute abs. Seven minute, seven, seven minute abs. Oh, God. Let's see. What is this? Hyphen should launch in restaurants in 2024. Chipotle is testing Hyphen, a startup that uses robotics to make bowls. So it just dumps stuff. It's the same thing as that other dispenser. You know, it just plops stuff in there. Chipotle is testing Avocado, a robot that cuts and peels avocados. Avocado. Okay, that is very niche. Yeah. Very, very, but well, it's the auto name. pitting. Yeah. The auto pitting feature has to be patented. Jeepers creepers. This thing is a, a threat to humanity. You know, have you ever tried to take a, a pit out of an avocado? No, it, but I was going to say it's a win for guacamole. <laughs> or anybody your, who likes guacamole. You can cut your hand off because you're a, a dummy with a knife. Because you hold the avocado half in your hand and then you go like oh. that with the knife. And if you mess up, your fingers are in your walk. Finger mole. Uh, avocados precision. Cut down on workers' comp issues, too. See, there I am. I guess it's win, 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 lose because you're fired. Chipotle is collaborating with the automation company Vebu on the Autocado, a robot that cuts cores and peels avocados. Hopefully not in that order. Should probably peel it first and then cut it and then core it. I suppose. I don't know. It looked uh, that's weird, right? Because the moment that you if you've never peeled an avocado or tried to pick up a, a, a slice of naked avocado, no peel on it, it's impossible. It gets all slimy and you're chasing it like a wet bar of soap around your bathtub. Avocados Precision Robotics aims to increase avocado fruit yield. The company said Chipotle's 3,300 uh, restaurants are using 4.5 million cases of avocados a year. Uh, Chipotle is also testing out Chippy, a robotic fry cook. I'm going to have to hurry up through this. White Castle is using Flippy. Largest burger chain to adopt Flippy. I uh, started using it back in 2020. White Castle said Flippy allows the chain to redeploy humans to tackle more hospi hospitality focused roles. Yeah, I'm sure you're paying them big bucks. So their hospitality is really in demand. Mm. Flippy's in 15 White Castles as of December, 2023 alleviates the pain points when it comes to back of house roles at quick service restaurants. Miso Robotics said in 2022, Cali Express build is the first 
world's first fully automated restaurant opens this month. We're at Southern California. No. The company behind Flippy is slated to open a fully autonomous robot or restaurant, sorry, restaurant in Southern California in late December. Orders at Cali Express by Flippy. This is really, this is making it really confusing because it's Cali Express by Flippy. But never mind. Anyway, they're taking that kiosks, use facial and palm biometrics. No. For payment with consumer consent. No. You don't need my palm biometrics or facial. Why can't you just use a credit card? Use my damn credit card. Kiss my ass. Um, sorry. A pair of flippy robots, one for frying and one for grilling, cook and assemble. A menu of Wagyu beef bur- or blend burgers. Really? Wow. All right. And French fries. Flippy can cook about 100 burgers per hour. His fry cook partner can prepare about 150 fry orders per hour. Oh, now you have the burger and fry ratio off. You have to get to 300 just to get everything even. Only one You're person only did... get two French fries per burger. Uh, yeah, yeah. Only one person is needed per shift to run the restaurant. And yet they still want to quit because the job sucks. Why? Probably because the people that go there still expect something beyond just getting your damn meal. Karen's. That's why we can't have nice thing. Remy Robotics. This looks like the return of Baxter, a utility bot. Better Days by Remy Robotics wants to scale its wellness brand to 500 locations in five years. Virtual restaurant brand operating inside Travis Kalanick's Ghost Kitchen in New York. Kalanick's? Uh, Ghost, what? Am I? I don't know who that is. Oh, right. Uh, debuted in November. The restaurant concept available for delivery uses robots by Remy Robotics to prepare uh, meals. I bet you Remy Robotics bought Baxter. Let me see. Sorry, doing a quick check. Mm, nothing really quick. That bot looks like the old Baxter robot. Remy Robotics, named after the aspiring rat chef in the popular Disney Pixar animated film Ratatouille, piloted uh, its automated kitchen in Europe for two years before coming to Kalanick's Cloud Kitchens. So, there you go. So, it looks like a big arm that's just reaching out and cooking and doing everything. It looks like the things they're using in, um, like, Amazon-type locations. Yeah, like one big industrial arm. I'm serious. This thing looks a lot like a one arm of the Baxter. Maybe that's just standard fare. Separately from Remy, Uber founder Travis Kalanick is testing a bowl assembly robot that can cut labor by 50%. That's right. Y'all are funding the extinction of humans in the workforce, but only in with the human do people sit there and say oh they'll find another job it's fine 
Um, there's more uh, to this article, but I'll let you, I'll tease you and let you go over there and check it all out. While I find it really neat, I find it kind of scary that this is what the youth of today are walking into. And I think they're largely blindsided by this. They have no idea if you start college today and you, you plan on working in a field that requires a bachelor's degree, you're four years away. And if you don't have your eyes on the horizon five years from now, you could be tooling up for a job that doesn't exist. That's pretty terrifying. Good luck. See you when you have to come back and retool in year five, right after you have to start paying your student loans. The next article is over in Warcrafter Channel. 2023 was so incredible for games that you might have missed these 12 must plays from the first half of the year. And uh, there is a list. It's over at PC Gamer. Ted Litchfield is the author of this. We'll go through it really quick. Really, really, really quick. Monster Hunter Rise. Um, that has always been something that I've uh, enjoyed watching for short stints, um, but I, I never um, pursued it. I, I like the graphics there. I don't think there's much of a story, at least from my uh, you know, sporadic watchings. Uh, let me throw this into the chat real quick so that I don't fall too far behind. Um, but yeah, let's go through the list. Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Pete's Tower, Atomic Heart. That actually got a little bit of blowback for its material, its content. Woe Long Fallen De Dynasty. Uh, Resident Evil 4. This is, that's what I look like when I don't get my presents for Christmas. Uh, Chia, uh, which apparently, um, based on the people that I've spoken to about Chia, it's a really nice game. It's gotten some good reviews. The article actually says um, PC Gamer Senior Editor Chris Livingston uh, has a loving pitch for the game from his 90% review. Um, which you can go and check out uh, by following the link. Age of Wonders 4 and uh, Harat, which they say is a Quake-inspired boomer shooter. First impression is of the utmost grim horror of oppressive atmosphere, but if you stick with it, you'll quickly realize it's one of the funniest games out there, and it has a sense of trolling the player that they usually associate with From Software's games like Indiana Jones boulder traps that follow you around, jump scares from the door opening levers, a statue of a creepy uh, grandma uh, that moves when you're not looking at it, the works. By the way, jump scares from door opening levers happen in the real world too. Went to an escape room, solved the puzzle, and immediately to the left of me, a solenoid locked bookcase popped with an an audible clack that caused me to lay an egg. Uh, just saying. I'm and I might have screamed a little bit high pitched. Oh, there you go. Real life jump scare. Real life jump scare. Oh, and a red smoky ooze came out of that room. Like, oh, oh, oh god, that scared me. And I'm not one that gets scared, so. 
Let's keep going. Uh, this next article is over in hometown daily. Spirit Airlines mishap with child sparks home alone comparisons. An un unaccompanied child was supposed to visit his grandma in Christmas, but was put on the wrong flight. <laughs> but they were there in spirit. Um, Thomas Kicka over at Newsweek.com put the article together. Spirit Airlines noted as a budget-friendly air airline. Um, often the butt of jokes about shoddy service, issued an apology. Hey, sorry about your kid being in the wrong location. Um, you can fly over there or we're going to have to pack them in steerage and they can hold on to a wheel and we'll fly them back. <laughs> Child was supposed to have flown from Philadelphia International Airport to Southwest Florida International Airport in Fort Myers but was instead boarded onto a plane bound for Orlando amid a potentially record-breaking holiday travel surge. Yeah. You know, with all the ID checking, and I'm assuming for a child, there's probably an escort onto the plane, etc. How does that happen? Um, no, no clue, but it doesn't really provoke safety and security in, in that airline, but they take the safety and responsibility of transporting all of their guests seriously. And they're performing an internal investigation, which they will find themselves not guilty of any wrongdoing. It was that damn six year old Arr, children. Let's keep going. Yeah. Maybe they relied on the six year old. Where are you going to go see Mickey mouse or something? Off to Orlando. Uh, the next article is over in Technology Today. These two articles are over at uh, Washington Post, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and so they're going to be really brief. Um, they have a paywall. I'm not really fond of this uh, source anymore, so I'll probably be replacing it. Um, the missions in January, if successful, will result in the first lunar landing by a private company. So the article by Christian Davenport a robotic spacecraft would mark the first lunar soft landing since Apollo and the first commercial landing. Um, it's all going to take place in January and we're going to find out if we can land on the moon or if the aliens will kick us off. So keep an eye out here in hometown. We will probably be uh, receiving various news alerts regarding this and write ups regarding the projects. And uh, we'll talk about it live. Uh, when we get the news, um, 8 p.m. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. on the weekends, be sure to follow us and go over to hometown.com become a citizen. Uh, the next article is over in the Continuity Report. A London stop sign by Banksy was his newest canvas or their new, newest canvas, and now it's missing. I titled this segment, You Can't Stop Banksy. So that's what it looked you like. Can't find Banksy either. There you can't find Banksy. Anumita Kaur or Kaur, Kaur, Kaur. I'm sorry, Anumita. I'm flubbing your last name. Send me an email. Let me know. So a London stop sign was Banksy's newest canvas. Now it's missing. I think it's funny. Is this an actual? A person removes an art piece by Banksy while a man steadies a bicycle for him under uh, in London on Friday. This so, is the actual theft. This is the actual theft. Which is astonishing. But I guess in 
London, right? I mean, yeah. uh, there's tons of um, CCTV. Yep. So a man in his 20s was arrested Saturday and another man in his 30s was arrested Sunday for suspicion of theft and criminal damage, London Metropolitan Police spokesperson Callum Jones said in a statement Sunday. They did not name the men. Um, But yeah, it went by that fast. I think it's funny that suspicion of theft. um, uh, That radio silence you are hearing or not hearing is me being stunned by the fact that there is a video and this presumably is just a still of it where their faces are obscured to some degree. I mean, it looks kind of clear what's going on. Yeah. So if you don't know what the sign is, it's a stop sign, your standard stop sign, but painted onto it look like military drones. And it says it's a stop drone sign. Stop using drones, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. You, you should be using cruise missiles. I'm not going to tell that joke about drone pilot. Let's just keep going. Right after I throw this article into the show notes. There you go. Let's keep going. Really transition. Now's the time when you decide to take a nap. Yeah. The time machine messes up this whole transition thing. That's true. The next article's over in the mobile channel. Arkansas man accused of making pipe bombs trying to flee U.S. in kayak. (laughs) Okay, now, for those of you that are outside the U.S., Arkansas is a landlocked state. And from what we were told by our uh, research expert, uh, there aren't any rivers that exit the state. Right? Not from where this uh, originated. Right. So an Arkansas man was arrested after being found with six homemade pipe bombs. According to court documents, Lawrence Hickman, 52, was booked into the Benton County Jail on Thursday on six counts of criminal possession of explosive materials or a destructive device. And he's being held on a bond, $1 million bond. The article is actually by uh, Kyler Swaim over at thehill.com. And uh, let's see here. I was told something about this. I want to know why they were found, why they were pursued. According to the arrest affidavit, a woman called Bella Vista police on December 9th to report that Hickman had been harassing her. The police arrived at Hickman's residence. The woman told police she found a bottle of chloroform in a dresser drawer. Why did she know about yeah, that? Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. The woman also reported the pipe bombs were found in a plastic bag in Hickman's residence in Bishopton Lane on Bell- in Bella Vista. According to the affidavit, the pipe bombs were found to be live after x-raying them. One officer's narrative said, wow. Um, so a neighbor told BVPD that the pipe bombs were for sharks and pirates and he had liquor for the Russians, according to the affidavit, because the officer spoke with the neighbor 
who said that Hickman wanted to kayak to the Philippines where his wife was and planned to travel to Alaska through the Bering Sea. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's... Wait, so he's going to go to Russia first and then come to Alaska? But he's starting in the U.S.? It's a round trip, man. Some people get on cruise lines. This mofo uses a kayak. Lawrence was apprehended on December 13th at a pier with two inflatable kayaks in Pacific County, Washington, the affidavit said. Lawrence was found How did he get to Washington? <sighs> kayak. The the uh, kayak, the maybe it's miscommunication. It's supposed to be the travel negotiation service kayak. Not right? Because you can oh, book stuff right, through kayak. Right. Maybe he has his wires crossed. Hopefully his pipe bombs were as broken. So um, well, apparently. And hmm? I don't know about you. I know when sharks are swimming at people, they're definitely thinking, oh, wait, there's a pipe bomb. I better back off. Or he was hoping that they were like dogs and would go and retrieve the pipe bomb. Good shark. Good shark. But it would blow up when they go and get it. So uh, Lawrence was found with an AR style rifle. Why not just name what the rifle was? AR style rifle. Nobody knows what AR style rifle is. It means like a, a knockoff an or assault something, rifle. I'm guessing. They, they're, they're, no, an, a, an assault rifle style rifle, AR, right? Like AR-15 or something like that, right? But they say, you know, everybody goes AR means assault rifle, but that's not what Pistol, bolt action rifle, compound bow, ammunition, bags of black powder, laptop, USB drive, SD cards. This guy was packing. He really wanted to take that kayak somewhere. So he was trying to flee the country due to an upcoming trial in Texas. This guy's all over the freaking place. He gets around. Well, Morris he has... tries to. He has pretty elaborate travel plans. He's in like Arkansas. He, you said maybe he was trying to go on kayak and got misdirected. <laughs> they said to take a kayak. No, use kayak. <laughs> right. You misunderstood the advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in hometown daily luxury gifts. The world's richest one under the tree. Birkins at uh, Tucson. Uh, Tucson. I'm a dumbass. A Tuscan state. Tuscan estate. And tickets to space. Okay, pours. Gather close to each other for warmth because you can't afford a fire. How about some luxury gifts? Let's just get into it. It's over at Business Insider, so you know there's going to be some really good... <laughs> Sorry, the sentient AI is sending me error messages. <laughs> Marwat. Being a dumbass. Uh, Madeline Berg is that. That's such a great name. Um, Madeline Berg is uh, the author of this article over at Business Insider. The most sought-after gifts for the billionaire set can cost five figures or more. Here's what the ultra. Uh, huh? I said oh, that's all. That's all. Eh, five digits. <laughs> Come on. Once you're the mayor of Ometown, <laughs> wow. yeah, 
amount of money that rolls in is just spectacular. I just do this so that I can feel connected with the plebs. Uh, money, a sweater, perfume, and a smartphone are among the most desired gifts in the U.S. this Christmas. A recent Statista survey found that's the equivalent of just doing a search. What are the most desired Chris, uh, gifts in, uh, for Christmas in the U.S.? Statista is going to be the first Google result. Uh, under the tree is for wait, wait, but unless the check under the tree is for ten thousand dollars. The amount Warren Buffett used to give each member of his family. Most of these won't cut it when it comes to the gifts of the ultra rich. The most amazing thing about billionaires is that there tends to be no budget, said Nicole Pollard Beam, the founder of luxury styling firm Lala Lux, right? It's just Lala Lux, um, which obviously. I don't navigate. <laughs> you have to pay $600 an hour for their services. Most people aren't even paying that much on their gifts. Most people, only the one percenters are doing that. And I'm talking about like the true one percenters. Like if you gather that's up. That's what I mean. They're paying more to get shopping services than the rest of the people are using on the actual gift cost. $600 an hour plus a percentage of the cost of the items purchased. Well, That's... are they recommending very high priced items? <laughs> Dear God. Wow. Alongside uh, Pollard Bame, Business Insider also spoke to Winston Chesterfield. <laughs> All of these names sound like they focus on luxury and wealth. Right. If you're... Um in one of these companies what's your name you know like joe smith now nah, no. that's not gonna cut it we, we're not hiring you yeah it's elizabeth brown a client man oh wait no 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 see that's just that can't be right they have to change their name thing a client manager at uh, travel and lifestyle concierge company knightsbridge circle <laughs> that's who i use so pianos, Birkins, the Hermes Birkin is perhaps the most exclusive and expensive type of handbag in the world. Look, Pores, you're not even allowed to read this paragraph. A trip to space. Following in the footsteps of billionaires like Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, two of her clients, are heading into orbit for the holiday. The gift also includes training with NASA astronauts. <laughs> Our taxpayers uh, are now training billionaires so that they can go up into space. That's insane. Tactical to practical. <laughs> anyway, $450,000 for a, a seat on Branson's Virgin Galactic flight. Let me tell you. Do they... Did you think they serve good snacks on the flight? <laughs> yeah. Here's some nuts. Because you gotta be... Uh, can you... Ma uh, never mind. Anyway, a wellness retreat. The very best gear to go with it. Um, they talk about all kinds of stuff in here. A bike tour starts at $6,000. While a stay at Vivamere. Vivamere? 
costs a minimum of $2,500. Austria's Vivamir Spa, a minimum of $2,500. But for how long? Like right, is that per night or per total stay? It's just an hour. I don't know. And to really round off the gift, a stocking stuffer of the best of the best gear can't hurt, like a $3,500 Loro Piana Windbreaker or a $2,000 Moncler uh, Ski Jacket. Oh, man. Vineyard in Tuscany. For those with a higher budget to spend on the wine lover in your life, a vineyard in Tuscany it may be the ultimate de- gift. They don't oh, have so a, they're buying the actual vineyard, not like a visit to the vineyard or something. Knightsbridge Circle recently helped secure one for a client as a gift for their partner, complete with a villa that Napoleon slept in and honey and olive oil production facilities that cost around $5 million. And on Christmas Day, they can wash it down with their very own wine. Yeah. This is the other. This is the kind of stuff where even if you win the lotto and you you're asking yourself and friends and, and, and everybody, you know, theoretically, Hey, if I win the lottery, what would you buy? And this, this is the stuff that we know about because we've read about it. Exactly. What else is out there? Yeah. There's stuff out there that we have no idea exists because the only people that even remotely know about it are the billionaires. Um, one of the things that really shed a lot of light on me or a lot of light on and, and thus I became aware of it was the fact that people like, um, uh, what's the dude's name? Oh God, I just forgot his name. And I know somebody that's going to be so mad that I'm going, what's his name? Um, uh, the dude, the pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp. Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. I know somebody that's going to be so mad at me if they ever hear this stream, uh, because they are fanatical about Johnny Depp. Um, anyway, so like Johnny Depp has a whole team of people that follow him around wherever he goes, you know, he gets a sniffle and there's somebody that hands him a tissue. Um, and so, you know, his whole fight between what's her name and Johnny Depp, um, like they kept on fighting and it was really just codependent and destructive relationship based on all of the record, um, that was disclosed in the lawsuit, but like they were prescribing, there was somebody that was capable of prescribing medication and doling it out and they had it like immediately there, all kinds of stuff. This is the type of life that that class of people exist in, you know? You mean out of touch with everybody else? But that's why I think that as you hit that trajectory towards billionaire class, you lose sight of humanity. You become a sociopath because you have zero connection anymore. You're, you're, you just don't know what it's like to be a human being because you get everything and away with everything. That's why nobody should be above the law, you know, above society. Oh, anyway, 
that's it. Look, I just threw everybody into the party bus, no matter where they were in hometown, brought us back to the main down main street really fast. And we're going to get out of here and we're going to reset for tomorrow's show, which is actually Christmas. Pretty exciting. We're going to reset the time machine and we're going to talk about the news from the 25th. So be there, be square. I'm Marwat. That's hometown.com. Up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI. No sentient AI. You cannot just give a graphical representation. You must make an audible representation so that everybody else can see it. You want to say bye to everybody? Bye-bye, hometown citizens. We'll see you for the December 25th show. And we'll be back in about 10, 15 minutes. I just need to reset the time machine. Uh, ironically, it needs a little bit of time to do that. All right. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.